Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each and every one of you here. And we are in this series called Good News. And if you're our guest, I want to welcome you. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we are a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And just as you heard Spencer share, we, um, together as a church, we're in this campaign where we're listening to God's voice. He's challenging us to expand our influence, to continue to make an impact here in our community and around the world, and to also equip the next generation to do more for the kingdom of God than they can imagine. And so we're taking these few weeks as a church and we're listening to the voice of God and we're allowing him to encourage us. And so as part of this, a number of weeks ago, we gave out packets here at the church. Hopefully all of you guys got those. And it was just explaining the vision where God is leading us, the building expansion that's happening, the vision that God is calling us to and where God is directing us together as a church. And so that was part of it. Also part of it, um, and it was in those packets, was this devotional. And if you didn't get one of those, if you didn't get one dropped off at your house, you can grab one at the information center. But for the next 14 days, we're going to walk together as a church, doing this together as a church. And it's just this simple, um, it's a short devotional every day that we're going to be walking through. So all of us together as families and as individuals will be doing this. I don't know if you can see this. I know the print's really small, but it just starts off with what does the Bible say? And then there's a short story you can read together with your kids or with your spouse or by yourself as an individual. Um, And then it says, what does this mean for me? So there's one or two questions every day. And then there's a prayer, talking with God in this process. And I want to encourage you, we're listening to God's voice. And all of this is part of the process of God encouraging our heart. This campaign is not just about building a building, you know, adding on to the church, but it's about listening God and God's growth in our life and us as a church that we're made for more, and God's calling us to do that. And so I want to encourage you, um, just real quick, if you are the head of the household, so um, you're a husband, and you're leading your kids, um, you're a single parent, maybe, and um, you're leading in your household, uh, maybe you have some kids, but your spouse isn't there, or you're single at this point, but you're leading. Could I see your hand real quick? Okay, yes? Okay. I want to ask you guys, will you commit with me to carve out time over the next few days, um, over the next 14 days, whether that's with your family again, with your spouse, um, whether it's with you as an individual to say, hey, I'm going to lead and make time in my house to do this and for us to listen to the voice of God, for God to speak to me. Can we do that together, church? Amen. Okay. Um, Let's do that. And I believe God's going to speak to us in this process. Well, as I mentioned, we're in this series called Good News. And we're spending these weeks together opening up the word of God and looking at the life of Jesus. And it's amazing as we look at it that the time that Jesus lived in isn't so different from our time. There was political unrest, okay? So during the time of Jesus, there's this Roman empire that's oppressing the nation of Israel. There was a wicked king, King Herod, that's oppressing people. And people didn't like the government that was over them. 
Much like the nation that we live in. There's many people that are uncertain about the government that's leading us at this point. Um, There was financial uncertainty. There was heavy taxation and poverty all throughout the land, just like many people in our nation. We're unsure of what the future looks like economically um, in our nation. And then there was just division. There were people um, both on religious views and in other parts of the nation, they're divided against each other. They can't really come together about what should be happening in their nation, just like there's division here in America. But as Jesus arrives on the scene, whenever he's born, and then through his life and death and resurrection, the angels declare, this is good news for everyone that hears it. And we believe that, that even all of these thousands of years later, that Jesus coming and the story of Jesus, his death and his resurrection and the words of what he teaches us, it's good news in our lives. And it means good news for all of us. And so that's why we're spending these weeks walking through the life of Jesus and listening to what it is that he's taught us and what that means for us, how that is good news for us. And so today we're going to look at something that Jesus actually spends the majority of his time teaching and talking about here on earth, and it's the issue of money. And it's how we steward that, how we invest the money that we're given, okay? Now, I, just, I was just looking at this this week and looking at how do we, you know, the majority of us kind of average of Americans, how do we spend our money? One of the things that stood out is um, we spend over $60 billion on pets, Okay, that's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? And those of you that are investing in cats, I don't understand you, okay? I'm a dog owner. I understand that, right? Cute, fluffy dog. I'm not really a cat guy, but I mean, I know we love our pets. I love my pet, but that's quite a bit when you think about all of that together, $60 billion that we spend investing on our pets. Um, around the holiday season, we spend $2.5 billion on Halloween costumes, Right? And it's temporary, you guys, right? Your kid's going to outgrow it. They're not going to fit into it next year. Um, As adults, you may rent a Halloween costume, but you only use it once. You go to the Halloween party, and then you don't use it again. I mean, that's quite a bit, $2.5 billion on something that's just going to be gone. And that's not um, candy or decorations or any of that. As households, um, the average household spends over $1,000 at Christmas time giving gifts to each other. Once again, that's not travel or any of that. And so we, we do, we tend to spend a lot, but when it comes to investing in the kingdom of God, we don't spend that much. The average household gives less than 2% of their income to the church or to the kingdom of God or to um, religious organizations. And that's not, that's not that much really when you think about it. It's just slightly above what we spend on our pets that we would invest in God's kingdom. And yet when Jesus talks about this, he says it's an important spiritual matter. Now, I realize this, I just want to address this, that in church, sometimes we get awkward when the pastor, when someone gets up and talks about money, right? And I know some of you are thinking, man, why did I pick this Sunday to come to this church? Okay, I should have picked a different Sunday, and you're going to be talking about money, and that's just weird. And our heart here is not to guilt anyone into giving, that's not our goal here, but it's to understand what does God's word say about our finances, And how does that relate to our spiritual life? Because Jesus talks about it and he says, this isn't just a financial matter. This isn't just an issue about your checkbook. This is actually an issue with your heart. And where your money goes, your heart follows after that. And that's what we're going to look at today is what Jesus, what his word says about this and what this means. And I know you may not think about it at the start of this message, but I promise you, this is good news, church. What Jesus says about our finances and the way that we invest it, it is 
good news to us. And so I want us to look at this scripture. And if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start reading at verse 19. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. We've got one for you in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over, but you can turn to page 473 in that Bible. And I want to encourage you to do that. Grab that Bible in front of you. Open up your smartphone. Turn there. Just Google Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Because I want you to see that these are the words of Jesus. This is what Jesus is saying. And once you get that, hold on to that for just a moment, okay? You can just hold that place for a second. And I want to tell you what's going on in the book of Matthew at this point. Jesus is teaching this message, okay? So imagine they're sitting in a setting like this. They're not in a building. They're on the side of a mountain. Many times in the header above that in chapter, Matthew chapter 5 may say Sermon on the Mount because they're on the side of a mountain. And Jesus is teaching this group of people how to live in the kingdom of God. And he starts off by saying, hey, your attitude affects how you live in the kingdom of God. Your attitude can actually bring blessings. He goes on to tell them, hey, you're called to love your enemy. Okay, people who do you wrong, if you're living God's way, you're living in the kingdom of God, there's some interaction there. You've got to love your enemy. He teaches them how to pray. Hey, when you talk to God, this is what the conversation should be like. He's walking them through this. And then in the middle of this message of how they live spiritually, how they interact with the kingdom of God, he says, oh yeah, I need to bring up the issue of money. Because the way you spend your money is a part of your relationship with God and you interacting in the kingdom of God. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what is Jesus saying? He's teaching these people, hey, this is what it's like to interact with God's kingdom. This is what it's like to be in the kingdom of God. And the way you spend your money is a part of that. It's a part of understanding God's purpose and what God wants to do in your life. And so it's important that you don't only spend your money on temporary things. Don't just invest everything that you have into temporary because those things are going to rust. They're going to fade away. You're going to lose them. They're going to break. Someone's going to steal them. But invest in the eternal. That a part of what you and I do as we give to the kingdom of God, as we invest in his church and his vision, it's investing in the eternal. And those things are not going to fade away. They're not going to break. They're not going to rust or be destroyed. Someone's not going to come and steal them. And then Jesus ends it with this statement, hey, wherever you're giving, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. I learned this idea of things being temporary really quickly whenever I got my first job. I remember it. I was, we lived in Colorado Springs at the time. I got hired on at this restaurant. I was a dishwasher and a busboy. I was getting paid minimum wage. I think it was like $5.25 at that time. And I got my first paycheck, and I was so excited. And I had opened up like a checking account. I got some checks. And the very first thing is we were um, out hiking in the mountains, and my parents took me and my brother. We were in this um, small town, and the sun had been in my face all day, and I thought, I'm going to buy a pair of sunglasses. And I was so excited, and I walk in, and it was a sunglass store, so they were definitely overcharging for the sunglasses. But I bought this $40 pair of sunglasses, and I'm so pumped, you guys. They were aviators. I felt like I looked so cool, right? And I was so pumped about it, so I had my sunglasses on. Well, immediately, we went into a restaurant. We were getting some food, so I took the sunglasses off, and I set them down on the table. 
and I found how temporary my investment was because when we left, I forgot my sunglasses there on the table. $40 came and went just like that, you guys. And that was a lot of money to me. I mean, I was just making minimum wage. I mean, that was, that was quite a bit of my paycheck. I wasn't working full-time. And all of a sudden, it's gone. And I understood what Jesus was saying is, hey, when you invest your money, when you invest your finances and things like that, it has the ability to come and go very quick. But then he says, hey, you invest in God's kingdom. You begin to invest in the work of God and what God is doing. And those things are eternal. Those things will last. Those things you will not lose. I mean, I'm assuming at this point, some waiter or waitress was wearing my sunglasses, right? They, sunglasses, they ended up in the bottom of some lost and found. But when you invest in the kingdom of God, the money that you give towards what God is doing and the work of God, it's not going to fade away. It's not going to be destroyed. It's not going to pass away. God's saying, hey, invest in what's eternal because that's where your heart is going to go. And he said that you can look at where your finances are and you can find out where your heart is going, wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. I started to think about that this week. You know, if someone was investigating me, if someone was trying to find out about me just based off my bank account or your bank account, and they wanted to get to know you, what would they discover off of your checking account? Like, what would they find out about you? Where is your heart? I think for some of us, they would find out we are followers of Walmart, right? I mean, we go in, I'm only going to spend $5. That's all I'm going to spend. And we come out and the grocery cart is full, right? And, and we've racked up a big bill. Why? That's, that's where our heart is. We invest in those things. For some of us, they are going to find out quickly, we are a lover of food. We will drop some money for some good food, you guys, right? And it doesn't matter, like, whatever your favorite restaurant is. Like, I, I even looked this week. Sarah's been out of town, so it's just been fast food for the kids, fast food for the kids, right? Like, I'll invest some money in that. Like, we're, we're lovers of that. And I started to wonder, God, would someone look at my bank account? Would someone look at your bank account? And would they, would they see, oh, yeah, that person loves God? Oh, yeah, that's a follower of Christ, the way that they're investing their money and the way that they're spending and the way that they're giving. I know for some of us, it, would they be able to look and say, yep, yep, I see something different there. That's not just like everyone else. They're investing in something eternal. What they're giving towards, it's not just going to fade away. Part of the money that God has given, they're, they're giving it to something that's going to last and it's going to make an impact that is going to go on forever. That's what Jesus is saying is you and I, we can spend all of our finances on things that will just be gone like that, things that will break, things that will be destroyed. But he's challenging you that wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So invest in the eternal, invest in something that will go on and something that will last. Jesus talks about it not only here in Matthew 6, but over and over again. He talks about how we handle our finances, what we do with our money. And he uses all throughout the gospels, all throughout this writing of the life of Jesus, he uses this term called stewardship. Now, you and I, we don't use that word a lot, right? I mean, you're not talking to your friend saying, hey, I'm a good steward. But it meant something back in their time. And a steward was a man or a woman who was placed over a household. And they weren't the owner, you guys. Like, they didn't own the bank account. They didn't own the house. They didn't own the possessions. But they were in charge of it. And so what would happen is they would have to give an account and they would have to manage all of the money and the finances of the house. And so they would make sure that if there were any servants or slaves that they were paid, that there was enough food in the house for everyone. If there were any financial obligations, any bills or anything like that, the, the steward was the one that paid that, not the owner. 
but they realized it wasn't their money. They were going to give an account for what was given. And that's what Jesus calls us. He asks us to realize that what we have, we're not owners, you guys. What's in your bank account, where you live, the things that you think are your possessions, those aren't really ours. Those are God's. And he's entrusted us to be managers, to take care of those things, and to make sure that the right amount is placed in the right places, that we're not just giving everything to the temporary, but that we're investing in some of that in the eternal. That's what Jesus is saying is that we're called as men and women to be good stewards of what he has given us. That's why I know you've probably never heard this in church, but one of the most spiritual things you can do is to create a budget, okay? If you have a budget, you are closer to Jesus, okay? And this is why, is because finances affect the issues of our hearts. And if you and I are just living moment to moment, we're not being intentional with investing in the eternal. And there is something spiritual I want to tell you about sitting down with your paycheck, with your income, and saying, God, I recognize this is yours. This isn't mine. God, I'm just a steward of this. And so before I spend anything, I want to ask you, what do you want me to invest in the eternal, God? What needs to be for the temporary right now? Lord, how are you calling me to spend this? Because one day I'm going to give an account to you. I'm going to give an account, God, of how I spent this money, Lord, and I want you to be okay as the owner of this money, of the owner of my possessions, with how I spent it. See, church, you and I were called to do that. The way we handle finances relates to the condition of our heart. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So don't just invest in the temporary, invest in the eternal. That's what he's saying. I want you to write down this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. You don't have to turn there right now, but you can later. Paul's talking about this same issue, and this is how he talks to the church in Corinth. He says, God is the one who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food. God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, and he will multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. What is Paul saying? He's saying the money that you have, the way, what God gives you, and I want you guys to hear this, what God gives you, it can be used in two different ways. It can be used as seed for sowing and bread for food. And this is what Paul is trying to get them to understand. Part of what God has given you isn't for you to consume. It's to invest. What Jesus is saying is invest part of that in the eternal. Give it to the kingdom of God. Give it to something that's going to last. That's what God is saying. And as you do that, God's going to bring a harvest of righteousness to your life. I believe this, this principle we find in the Bible too. Once again, you may have not heard a pastor say this, but part of what you've been given is to invest in your future. Okay, saving money for the future is a biblical principle. If you don't understand that, just go back and read Proverbs, where verse after verse Solomon says, you know what, look to the ant, look to the animals that God has given us, and see how they store up for the winter season. See how they store up for the difficult times. And there's wisdom in our life. I know people say God has provided. He has. He's provided wisdom, you guys. And we need to use it, okay? And so it's this principle of, hey, I don't consume everything that I'm given, but I actually, I have wisdom and I store up part of that for difficult times, right? For my car getting a flat or my car having mechanical problems or the air conditioning breaks at my house, whatever that is, I store up for that. There's wisdom in that. That's part of what God has called me to invest. It's not food to consume, it's seed to sow. 
into God's kingdom, into my future. Now, the other part of that is bread for food. It's for your needs, church. You need a house. You need food. You need clothing. Many of you may need transportation to get to and from work. Like there are needs in your life and you have to understand, God, what are you calling me to invest in the future, God? Into your kingdom, into my future, God? What are you calling me to to consume right now, God? What have you given me for the needs and the wants in my life? And what Jesus is saying is don't let it all just be temporary. Don't live as the world does where what you get in, you immediately consume where the average American has thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of debt because we're living beyond our means. We haven't properly understood how to invest in the eternal and what should be for the temporary. And church, we have got to get a hold of this because what Jesus said is, hey, wherever our treasure is going, that is where our heart is gonna be also. And so when you look at your life, when I look at my life, what does our bank account tell us? Where is our heart at? What are we investing in? Is it just the temporary or are we giving towards God's kingdom and investing in the eternal? Because Jesus continues in Matthew chapter six and he gives us a picture of what will happen if you use everything that you have just on the temporary, where your heart will go, where your mind will go, what will take place in your life if you don't invest in God's kingdom. This is what he says in Matthew chapter six, verse 24. If you still have your Bible open, you can follow along with me. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. So he's saying you can't serve two masters. Your heart is going to be given over to one. You're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to despise one. You're going to be devoted to the other. You can't serve both God and money. It can't happen in your life. Church, you're going to serve somebody. That's the truth that Jesus is speaking about. In the area of our finances, you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve money. And if you and I are just investing in the temporary, in things that are going to fade away, in things that are going to pass, our heart is going to become enslaved to that money. But when we invest in the eternal, God then becomes the center of our life. He's bringing direction to our life. But Jesus said you can't serve both. You can't do that. You can't be fully devoted to money and fully devoted to God at the same time. And there are so many in our nation, and that's how they're trying to live. And money is their master. Money has control of them. It's no longer a tool to get somewhere. It's no longer a tool to be able to do something and to help others or or to, to meet the needs in their life. It is now controlling them. And I talk to so many people, and they say, Aaron, I would love to go back to church, but I'm just too busy at work. I'm too busy at work. And what they don't realize as they make those statements is, I've got a new master, and it's directing my steps, and it's telling me how I'm going to live spiritually. And it's money, and it's keeping me away from God. That's what it's doing. I hear people, Aaron, I'd I'd love to be involved in groups throughout the week, but I'm just so busy and I've got so much going on at work, so much is happening. Yet money is that master in your life and it's dictating how you're gonna grow spiritually and how it will become easy in your life and in your relationship with God just to get stuck because you're not around other believers. You can't serve both of them. And that's why in situations like this, we get a little uneasy and we get upset. Why is the church talking about money? 
Why are they trying to interfere in my personal finances? That's all the church wants is money. Why do we have those attitudes? Because we've started to love something that is money, and it's building this animosity towards God. We're devoted to one, and we begin to despise the other. God, I don't think you have a place in my finances. And this is what Jesus said would happen. If we don't invest in the eternal, if we don't give towards his kingdom, our heart will go to the temporary things, you guys. And we will become shackled, we'll become chained up by the area of finances. And now money will be directing our life. That's what will happen. That's what Jesus said will take place. You'll either love God or you'll love money in your life. And what is it that's directing you? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says this, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you the ability to produce wealth. It comes from God. So I want to make sure we have this right mindset. I don't want you walking out of here today saying, Pastor Aaron taught us this morning that money is bad. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying we need to recognize that it comes from God. Okay? If you are wealthy, if God has blessed you with influence, that is a blessing from God. That's what Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18 says. God has given you the ability to produce wealth. That comes from God. That is a blessing from God over your life, okay? Money isn't evil. And people say that. Well, doesn't the Bible say money is evil? No, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, it's when that begins to consume my life. And it's no longer God at the center, but it's this drive. It's this desire for more and more wealth, more and more money. And that begins to take over. That's where the Bible says you better look out. You better be careful because you're on a dangerous path there. And and that desire in your life can lead to all kinds of evil inside of you. And so what he's saying is you recognize that all of this comes from God. And church, it's not a problem when you have a lot of possessions The problem is, is when what you own begins to possess you. And those things have control of your life and they have control over you. And you can't let them go. And you can't follow God because you just have to get more and more stuff. In the Bible, what Jesus is saying is you can't serve two masters. And you can't give yourself to the pursuit of money. It's recognizing that everything that we have comes from God. The Christian author C.S. Lewis, he said it like this, everything that you have, every faculty, your power of thinking, the movement of your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. And if you devote every moment of your whole life in exclusive service to him, you could not give him anything that was not already his to begin with. So you have a job and it takes brain power, right? You have to think to get that work done. Yeah, that comes from God. And you make something with your hand, you work with your hands and you produce something. Yeah, that movement in your limbs, that comes from God. And so at the end of it all, when we give back to him, when we invest in the eternal, we're not doing anything but giving back to God what is already his to begin with, church. And it's understanding that, that my love is for him and that where my money goes, my heart will follow after that. And I want you to hear this, church, because I said this at the beginning This is good news. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, wait, how is this? How is this good news that God's asking me to invest part of what he's given me back into his kingdom? And it's this. So many people are living their life and everything that they're doing will fade away. It'll be gone. And God invites you and he invites me into investing in something that will last for all eternity. 
See, church, the world has it wrong when they say, you can't take anything with you. That's a lie. You can. You just have to invest in the right things. And you invest in the right things and you start giving to the kingdom of God. You start investing in God's vision that he has for the church. You invest in the lives of others when he asks you to be generous. You start investing in those things and those things will outlast you. The impact that your money and the impact that your finances have will go way beyond your time here on earth because they'll make an eternal impact. And this is what God is challenging you and me with, that we invest not just in the temporary things that are going to fade away, but it's good news that you and I can actually give. We can do something that the work of our hands, that what we do in our life, that we can do something that will last for all eternity. And when you begin to give to the kingdom of God, it makes a difference in others' lives. See, you giving this year helped 177 kids that were in foster care that didn't have a home to be placed in a loving family. And you guys, that change in their destiny, that change in their purpose, that hope that they now have with the loving mom and dad, with the Christian parents over their life, it's gonna affect future generations. Why? Because you chose to invest in the eternal, not just to give into the temporary. See, that's good news, church. What you give can far outlast you. Other good news that's in this message that Jesus is teaching us is that you don't have to be a slave to money. See, there are people all around you, there are people all around me, and they're living consumed by trying to get more and more and more, and they're never satisfied. And Jesus reminds us, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in that way. But you place God first in your life. He's going to provide. The one who gives seed to the sower and bread for food, he's going to take care of you. You're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. You're going to be able to be generous when you're following his plan in the area of your finances. See, church, this process that we're going through, this is a spiritual matter. And it has more to do with our heart than it just does our checkbook and our finances. This has to do with what God is doing inside of our life. In this process, this Made for More campaign, if we will allow it, it can be a catalyst for spiritual growth. For some of you, it's going to be stepping out for the first time and giving towards the vision that God is calling our church to, and it's going to increase your trust in God. And really, when was the last time we as believers laid it all down before Jesus? I mean, I know most of us did whenever we came to Christ, right? We responded at the end of a service or we responded to some message where we knew there was sin in our life and that God wanted to do something about that. And so we came and we committed and we prayed this prayer of God, I'm handing my life over to you. And then months passed and years passed. And sometimes we forget that. And in this process that we're going through as a church, we're going to lay it all down again. And I'm going to sit down with my family. I'm encouraging you to sit down either with yourself, with your spouse, with your kids, and, and to look and to say, God, it's all yours. God, the two cars that my family owns, they're yours, Lord. And so in this process, God, you can tell me to sell them. You can tell me to downsize, God. I don't know what I need to do, but they're yours, God. They're not mine. I'm going to sit down with my kids and say, this house that we just built a year and a half ago, this house that we own, we lay it down before Jesus and we say, it's yours, God. We're not investing in the temporary. We're not going to hold on to things that will fade away, God. So at any point that you want to speak to me 
And you want to tell me to sell something, God? You want to tell me to give something away, God? You want to tell me to do something? It's all yours, Lord. I'm not holding on to any of it, God. These possessions will not possess me, Lord. And so you speak. And God, you challenge me what you're calling me to give. And for some of you, God's going to speak a smaller amount. Don't be discouraged by that. Maybe you don't have a lot of seed to sow right now, or you don't have a lot of bread, but give faithfully to what he calls you to. And the God who provides will bring increase in your life at the right time. For others of you, it, it's going to be a bigger amount. Be obedient to whatever God speaks to your life. That's what we're asking, that in this process, that God could speak and that we would respond in obedience. And as we do, we start to notice, oh yeah, God, my heart is with you. God, my heart is with you. It's not in the temporary things, God. My heart is with you, Lord. And I'm going to invest in the eternal. And church, I'm going to pray for us in a moment that God would help us to be that kind of church. Not just in these few weeks while we're walking through and kicking off this campaign, but in our lives that God would help us to be those kinds of people, those kind of believers. And you also, maybe you're here this morning and you're hearing us talk about the area of finances and honoring God in the area of your finances, and you've never taken that first step of really committing your heart to Christ. Maybe in your life and where you're at, you're not following after Jesus, and other things have hold of your heart. It's not just money that can master us. It's addiction. It's sin. It's brokenness in our past. It can chain us up and keep us away from God, and you can't serve two masters. And if there's something in your life that's keeping you away from God, that sin, you're serving it. And Jesus coming is good news because he gave his life on the cross. He died on the cross. He rose again so that you and I could be free of those things and that God could be at the center of our life and our life could have purpose and meaning just beyond ourselves. And if that's you in a moment, as we dismiss service before you head out those doors, I wanna encourage you to come forward and to be with our prayer team. We wanna take a moment and pray with you about starting a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you're here and God spoke something different to you through this message or something else is going on in your life. Um, you've got a need, a physical need, a financial need, any kind of need in your life. We don't want you to rush out of the doors this morning. We want you to come. So I'm gonna ask our prayer team, those that are helping us pray, if they would make their way forward right now and in a moment when we're dismissed, you're going to have a chance to respond if you have any need in your life. But before we do that, church, I want to pray. And I'm going to ask right where you're at that you would join me in prayer. And just that you would examine your own heart in this moment and say, God, if there's anything in my life, God, that I need to surrender over to you, if I'm holding on to money or finances more than I am to you, God, help me to follow after you, Lord. Help me to invest in the eternal. Let's pray together this morning, church. God, thank you for this simple reminder. And God, I know money can be awkward at times. God, it can seem like a very personal thing, Lord. But God, I truly do believe this is good news. And God, you have asked us this morning, Lord, not to just invest in the temporary, God, not just to give in the temporary things, but Lord, in the eternal things, God, things that will far outlast us, God, making an impact in future generations, God, into your vision and your kingdom, God, we want to give our finances towards those endeavors, Lord. 
not just into things that will fade away. God, help us to be that kind of church, God. Help us to make sure that you are at the center of our life, God. Not our work, Lord, not our finances, God. Not just living for the temporary or for the moment, God. But Lord, that you would be directing and guiding us, Lord. Lord, you would speak to us about how we can steward your finances very well, God, in every area of our lives. Help us to be that, God, in this process. Lord, we simply want to respond in obedience to your voice of how you're asking us to engage with your vision, God. That's the kind of church that we want to be because we want to make an impact in future generations. So God, we pray that you would do this inside of us in your name. Amen. Amen.